So, like I always tell you, if you have a, a male friend, a husband, and all the likes, please try as much as possible to get them here. And then you can also be here to, in case they are not around, to let them uh, learn one of uh, learn some things you can share with them. Because in sharing, it will make a whole lot of difference for you in any relationship you find yourself. So. We have a very short time today, and I want to believe every one of you there, you'll be learning from us. Last week, Saturday, I promised you we are going to be dealing with dealing with familiarity in marriage. Now, the funny thing about this topic is that familiarity is not a problem. So when we say dealing with familiarity, you know, is a kind of a catchy topic to get you to come and sit down because a lot of people think that familiarity is a problem. Familiarity is not in any way a problem. Familiarity is not a negative connotation at all. Familiarity is simply a good knowledge of something or the facts that you know it well. Alright? It's a good knowledge of something or a fact that you know something very well. It's, it's, a, it's a positive thing. If, I, if I'm familiar with my wife, if I'm familiar with my husband, it means that I know him very well to a large extent. So, so that is sometimes you see in some couple games where they ask a couple of questions about uh, the woman. They ask the man some couple of questions about the woman. And of course, the answers have been supplied by the woman. And they want to know how familiar, how good do you know your wife? How intimate, you know? So familiarity is a positive word. It, it, it deals with the intimacy between the, the, the married uh, couple is, is a very powerful word. So now the question is, how do we now, choose, why did we choose this topic? I'll tell you why we, cho- why we chose the topic later on. So, so, you know, let me just make more, a kind of do more justice on familiarity. Familiarity is simply uh, knowledge awareness. It is knowledge awareness, all right? It is something everyone should crave for in marriage. In relationship, you should be able to, to fight for familiarity, to know your spouse. It is not a negative one, like I said. It is a very, a very much a positive one, and it's what everybody should ask for. Everybody should love it. Everybody should love it, all right? So I don't think uh, it is something you want to worry about. So, But then we're going to look at the other side. Now, there's the other side where people are overly familiar. There's the other side where people abuse familiarity. You know, where people are, they feel that they are all naked and there's nothing hidden again. So familiarity, uh, 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 abuse comes in. So let me repeat my, my, my first statement again. Familiarity is not a negative word. It is knowledge awareness. It is an in-depth of what you, what, what you know or who you know. Uh, it's an in-depth of your spouse that you actually know him. That is very overwhelming. Alright, so so what actually we should be discussing today is the abuse of it. And then what actually should also be discussing today is the managing of familiarity. Because if not properly managed, it causes a lot of tension in, ma- in marriage. It causes a lot of tension in relationships and, and all that. So when people start out in dating, you, you find out there is a lot of spark, fire, words, powerful promises. A lot of things happen. And then when they get into marriage, marriage, I call marriage a reality. When they get into marriage, they find out that the datings are over, the 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 shawamas are over, all the rest of what we promised each other. It is time for us to play our roles. So in this very uh, scenario, it becomes very difficult for a lot of people to manage familiarity, especially people who don't actually know how to manage themselves. So it is very important that you understand some of the things we are going to discuss today. It will help you to stay on fire all the cost of your marriage. It is possible to stay on fire all the cost of your marriage. Now, I'm not denying the fact that there won't be times where there are misunderstandings and all that, but then misunderstanding does not lead to a place where you will completely give up on your, on your spouse or you are kind of tired because you feel you have seen everything, you've seen it all, there's nothing left. It's very important we do what we are doing because I have seen it wreck marriages, I have seen it a kind of uh, destroy homes. I've seen it uh, 
where people believe that this person they had a, a unrealistic expectation of a, of a spouse and then they got into the marriage and then boom it is just like that they were like oh is that all you know so i was discussing with somebody last a uh, couple of days ago and i was asking the person what is your reason for getting married and she told me if you're a christian if you're if you're from the christian folk you will understand what i'm, ta- I'm about to say now she told me that her reason for getting married is because the guy is into ministry so and i asked her so if you get married to this guy and he stops ministry what happens to the marriage and she was quiet i said if you want to get married it should be on the basis of relationship of course there will be some internal things you can bring about you can bring into it but if your sole desire for why for marrying a man is because of ministry then we have to anticipate some things we have to sit down and anticipate what could the, what is the thing that can possibly go wrong let's assume that ministry didn't happen again the guy woke up one day and then he's not into ministry again or he's not ministry is not actually what you thought the guy was doing but rather maybe he was just serving at, in his capacity in church so what will you do all right so it, it means that you've gotten into the the reality now and the whole thing is playing before you is no longer the time you guys were just discussing and uh, your reason was just playing out so it is very important we get to know our why it will help us to do some of the things we are doing now so i, I want to start with with uh, discussing authenticity all right i am i am a campaigner i am a believer of authenticity i believe that if we are going to get things right in relationship authenticity must play a very vital part all right every one of us listening to me if you want to play if you want to have a very powerful relationship if you want to have a very outstanding awesome relationship then listen to me very carefully authenticity must play a very vital part in your relationship as a man you know it is very easy to fake a lot of things it is very easy to get things mixed up but then we have to look at so this authenticity as a foundation to what we are discussing discussing if you want to manage familiarity you have to understand the concept of authenticity it will help you to manage this whole process it will also help you to to deal with some things that can that can lead you to abuse your wife or abuse your husband all right so so let's look at the definition of authenticity authenticity is simply uh, I have about two or two of them here is simply uh, uh confirmed to what is represented confirming to what is what you represent or claiming to be all right so but this second one is one i like a lot it means consistency authenticity is consistency between words and actions and between claimed values and actual priorities okay authenticity simply put is consistency between words and actions and between claimed values claimed values all right so it is something you have to sit down and ask yourself how authentic i am now last time i i don't know whether it was last Saturday or last Saturday, i i thought of something that it is not enough to ask whether somebody is the right person to get married to it is enough to ask yourself am i the right person to be married to the person if we begin to change this pattern of question and start looking at ourselves and not just on the person because what we have control over is is us not not the other person i have control over my life i don't have control over my wife i have control over my life that is the truth uh, we are discussing authenticity so authenticity is about impacting lives authenticity is about showing how uh how vulnerable you can be but then authenticity is just being real Are you following what I'm saying? Authenticity authenticity is something you have to you have to you have to you don't have to worry about but something you have to understand that it is very important in every relationship. Whether you are a business person, whether you are you whatever thing you find yourself doing, authenticity is something you have to value in your life. You have to value authenticity in your life. You have to value authenticity with the woman you are married to. You have to value authenticity authenticity in in uh, in the business you are doing. Now, some people are afraid of authenticity because they get to a point where they think it is a uh, 
it is making you vulnerable. It making a lot of people abuse that when, when, uh, when they see how weak they they perceive. Like you think, oh come on, if I if I let them know how authentic I am, then it might they might take advantage of what of my weaknesses. No, no, no. I can I, I can tell you something that God loves authenticity. Every one of us we love authentic people. So in dealing with uh, in dealing with uh, abuse in familiarity or managing familiarity in relationship, one of the very key areas you have to watch, you have to look at is is developing your authenticity. You have to develop that very very well. And like I said earlier, authenticity is consistency. It's all about consistency. So so it's very clear. I also let you know that. Then let me just give you flip flip it the other way around. In authenticity is simply uh it simply means that you are you are you claim to be one thing but you are doing another thing all right that is inauthenticity you are claiming to be one thing but you are doing another thing these things can breed offense it can breed a lot of uh, inadequacies in relationship whether you are playing a leadership role or you are a follower it can breed it can breed lack of trust in a relationship so it's very important you understand that it can breed a lot of uh, a lot of issues and all that. So let's look at some things. I listed about about five things I believe so strongly uh, can help us begin to understand why familiarities exist in relationship. There are a couple of things you have to you have to see on why familiarity exists in exists in relationship. Number one, number one, one of them which is very important. Remember, we are dealing within the context of marriage, so it is good that we. We also look at that. Uh, of course, I'll be mixing both marriage and and somehow use some business uh, sense into it because they look alike. You know, in business you have partners. In marriage, your your wife or your husband is also your partner. So it, it works in that way. Some things can actually work both ways. Okay, so marriage where marriages where spouses tolerate each other and do not celebrate each other can cause abuse of familiarity. All right, you know. In managing familiarity, you have to move from tolerating your, your spouse or your partner to beginning to celebrate your, your partner. By the time we get down further, you understand that you or your, your partner, nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. They, they, you might be striving for excellence, but then you are not, you're not perfect. So no matter uh, the imperfections you see around your spouse, it is good to celebrate your spouse. It is very important to celebrate your spouse, not to tolerate your spouse. Now, tolerating someone causes these tensions when it comes to familiar, managing familiarity. Now, the number two thing you have to look at that, that breeds familiarity or, like, or abuse of familiarity and not being able to manage it in reality of marriage is the existence of cohabitation. You know, you know uh, sorry, cohabitation. When people uh, uh, have been there for years, and uh, they say they've been cutting, they've been dating for a couple of years, and they've been together, living in the same house, uh, doing everything uh, married people do, and then they get into marriage. Of course, that can also lead to mismanagement of uh, familiarity. I, I, I have the opinion that if you want to get married after such years of cohabitation, which I don't support cohabitation, so to say, because I'm of the I'm from of the Christian faith. So, you know, where you have you've already done that, I tell people before you get into the reality of marriage, you should be able to sit down and sort out with each other via conversation how to handle the things you've done so far, the things you've done together so far. It will help you guys to really strengthen us so that there won't be any form of a, a reoccurrence or something coming up because of we've been we've been there for like six years we've lived in the house for like six years and right now we are having issues trying to understand each other okay so the number third one that 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 makes familiarity be abused or makes it to be mismanaged the relationship is where couples hide heartache they hide issues under a smiling mask they don't they don't open up they don't trust each other. They don't discuss things as, as regards to them. So they hide it under a smiling mask, okay? So it, it, it affects how your relationship also runs. It's very important you get to understand this. Very, very important. Very, very important. Now, the fifth one, or I think that's the fifth one now, is where leadership, where leadership roles are not defined. Where leadership roles are not defined. 
it also makes uh, uh, makes your makes managing familiarity very difficult. All right, so very important that you understand that. Also, also the other point is where relationships are marked with deception. Now, if I have been deceiving my wife over a long time, it's it gets to a point where she begins she might begin to abuse knowing me. Why? Because I've given her reasons to abuse that. Understand? So it's very important you understand that. The, the, the other one is not understanding the privilege of wars. Now, for one who doesn't understand the privilege of wars, he will not be able to appreciate familiarity. I said earlier, familiarity is a positive word. It's not a negative word. For those who doesn't understand the privilege of wars, words you speak are privileges that we have, that God gave us to be an encouragement to another person. They are not weapons. They are not weapons of destruction. Words are not weapons of destruction. Saying it the way you want to say it, the way it is in your heart, saying it the way you think is you can say it and get at the person, is you're not using the privilege of words. Words is a privilege. So when people abuse words, they also abuse the uh, familiarity. So these are the things that breeds breeds uh, uh, abuse of familiarity. The last one is where the relationship is more transactional, where relationship is more transactional, you know, where conditions exist in a relationship. It is more of what I get if I if I see this, I I, I give you this. Where it is give and take. If you give me, I give you. If you don't give me, then let's forget about it. Now, this things does not help in managing familiarity. All right, so, so it's very important that you get this information. Now, let me go straight to some very important, vital informations that I want to share with you about familiarity. Now, now before I get into breaking it down into four parts, I must let you know that when God said that both of them shall be one, he was not talking about that both of them shall be the same. Make this difference. It is a very clear difference. They are not in any way related. Are you following me? When he said that both of them shall be one, he was not talking about both of them being the same. Diversity is the very foundation of every relationship. Diversity, not being the same, but being one, not being the same, is the very core of every relationship. If you can manage diversity, I can assure you, if you can manage that diversity, that difference you have with your wife, you can manage that overly familiarity. You can manage familiarity too well. I don't, I don't have to marry this person that is same with me. God didn't design it like that. If not, he would have created Adam and created He did Adam and he did Eve. They are one, but they are not the same. They are not the same in attributes. They are not the same in but they are one. They are united, but they are different. Now, why I'm saying this is because it's going to form the foundation of what I'm, what I'm going to share with you later, later on. It is very important. Being one is not being the same, okay? And, le- and, and learning to accept this, this uh, difference will help us a lot. So, so you know, there's this, the original tongue of help meet. Every one of us who have heard about help meet, help meet, help meet. Some people call it help meet, but it's not actually help meet. It's, it's help meet. The original tongue of help meet came from the word helper and from the word face to face. You know, you know, the, the, the design of God is that your wife should be should face you. When we say face to face, I don't mean face you to fight you. No, face to face. When I have a fellowship with someone, when I'm having a fellowship with someone, I do more of face-to-face. When you have a fellowship with God, you are face-to-face with him. When God was describing the fellowship he had with, uh, with Moses, he was discussing face-to-face relationship. The original word that of help meet, the original tongue of help meet, talked about face-to-face. Another interesting thing about that help meet is that he talked about somebody who is equal and opposite to you. Equal and opposite to you. Alright, so it takes us back to what I said before. They are one, but they are not the same. They have differences. Knowing and understanding differences will help you to manage familiarity in your marriage. Knowing that your wife is one with you, but she's not the same with you, will help you to manage familiarity in your marriage. She has her attributes. She has her perspectives. She's coming from somewhere. 
she has her, her, her traits. She, she's, she has her way of thinking, her way of feeling. She has her way of being structured or unstructured. All right? Now, no, understanding these things will help you as a man to begin to manage the concept in your family and to make sure that you don't abuse anyone. Because the greatest problem we have seen is where people are, are just thinking that my wife should, should be doing exactly what I said, looking like how, how I want her to look like. She should look, at, look, look like, she should follow exactly the instructions I put down. Now, there's nothing wrong with people following instructions. But then what sometimes we give out as instruction is actually telling somebody to change his attributes, to change his nature, to start doing exactly like you. And that is a problem. That is a big problem, okay? So, so we have to understand that, that she is somebody who is face-to-face -face with you, who is equal, equal or opposite, not just same, okay? Now, let's look at some very vital things. Of course, there's a book, if you have, a, if you have a, the privilege of getting it, I want you to go and get. The book is called Please Understand Me. Please Understand Me by David W. Kessia. I'm going to put it on the comment section. If you have, if you have, if, if you can find that book, go and find it. Please understand me. It will help you to manage your wife, manage your husband in a very large extent. In fact, after reading the book, you are going to really appreciate who you married. Okay? You are going to really appreciate who you married. So there are four areas I'm going to discuss managing familiarity in marriage with you. There are four areas we are going to discuss that. Of course, the first area is an area everybody is aware of. Extrovert, introvert. All right? Let's take let's take a scenario where you are you are married to an extrovert, or you are married to an introvert and you are an extrovert married to an introvert or an introvert married to an extrovert. Whichever way, both of you are, are in a different uh, uh, sphere, and then both of you come together. I'll, I'll give you a story. I before I got married to my wife, there was this lady I dated, and it was a very funny one. You know, very nice girl powerful sister, full of the spirit of God, you know, no, no character fault, not, I can tell you she was, she was very good. But then I found out that we can spend a couple of hours together, like, let's say we have a date, we can spend a couple of hours together, and, and I found out that nothing is existing between us. What I mean is that we can sit together for an hour or two, and we're not talking. So you can imagine sometimes when I come for a date, I come with newspaper, I come with laptop. If I'm not saying anything, she's not saying anything. Now, it's not her fault. That's her, that's her, her, her life. All right? And you also blame me because I was also, maybe after I've spoken for like 20, 30 minutes, everything I think I know has ended. And that's it. Now, see the point. Being an extrovert, somebody who depends on people for your energy. You like people. You want, you know, being around people gives you energy. And being an introvert where you, you like solitude, being around people drains your energy, drains your emotional strength, and all the rest of them. None of these traits is bad. None of them is bad. The issue here is your ability to manage the other. If you're an extrovert husband, your ability to manage your introvert wife. That is where the issue comes in. All right. If you follow us, that if you follow us to the end, I will, I will show you some of the things you have to do. All right. So your ability to manage that is the issue. Now, if you think during courtship, that is why I tell ladies, single ladies, that while you are single, make up locked up. Now, locked up not in cell or in prison, but you are locked up in the sense that it is already happening and nothing can be done about that. Okay. So. So, so in your courtship, you can make your decisions. You can take decisions on the kind of person you want to get married to, right? But then, when you are married, you begin to manage some certain traits that you are seeing that you might not like. So, presently, you say you don't like. You have to learn how to manage them. So, you're an extrovert and you marry an introvert. Then, your wife is always looking for solitude. You, you are looking for energy everywhere. You are looking for energy. You are looking for... For people, you have to understand that she is not wrong and you are not wrong either. It's all about having a common ground and understanding that her difference. The greatest mistake you can make, and that is why you are being drained in marriage, is trying to get that person, that woman, to be an extrovert. 
That is why you are, you are being drained. But rather appreciating her threats. It will help you to manage. Because right now you are in marriage and you are, you are feeling like you've seen it all. I never knew that she's this. Uh, I never knew that she's this. Uh, she's this. Uh, uh, introvert. I never knew that she's this. I never knew that she likes seeing alone and all that. But right now, you've known it. It is time to manage it. It is not time to abuse it. It is not time to start thinking that you made a mistake. It is not time to start thinking you are going to change her. No. It is time to manage the process. It is time to manage the whole thing. The second thing about this whole thing is the, the, the intuitive and the sensing. Now, the first one we talked about is the extrovert and introvert. Now, in marriage, you find people who are, the husband is intuitive, the wife is sensing. Or most of the time, the woman is intuitive and the man is, uh, is sensing. Now, what is intuitive? Intuitive simply means the, uh, the, the way they handle information, the way they solve problems, all right? The way they handle information, the way they solve problems. Anybody who is intuitive focuses, focuses on ideas and possibilities. If I'm intuitive, I focus on ideas and possibilities, all right? I, I focus, on, focus on better ways and always looking for inspiration on how to solve, solve problems. I focus on details. That is intuitiveness. The person focuses on details. Now, you are married to somebody who is sensing. He doesn't focus. He's not focused on, on, uh, on uh, ideas. He's not focused on possibilities. Uh, on, your, on your ways. Paying attention to details. Or he's simply just trusting, just using facts. All right? She's just realistic. She's not uh, imaginative. She's just being realistic, you know? You know, she's not following details. She's just trying to be realistic, you know? She's taking things through perspiration and not inspiration. You are taking things through inspiration. She's taking things through perspiration. She's taking things the way it is, you know? And she's taking things, absorbing information through her senses or through his senses. Now, you already marriage right now and you are, you have seen this thing one year two years three years four years down the line you can see that your husband or your wife is opposite of you you are dancing. the question now is that what do i do how come she's like this or how come is like this how come oh come on i like it this way oh come on you know i want to still repeat what i said said at the first uh, first one number one is that both of them are not wrong both of them are not wrong. Both of them are not wrong. If you are intuitive, you will be in the verge of changing the person. If you are sensing, you will be in the verge of changing the person. But the truth is that you don't have to watch out for changing the person. You have to watch out on how to manage the whole process. How to manage the whole process. How to get the whole marriage to work, even though you are different. Now, remember what I said earlier, that the Bible said they are one does not mean that they are the same. Go and read your scriptures very well. The Bible said yes, that they will be one. But oneness doesn't mean sameness. It means it, it doesn't mean same, sameness. Let this be the foundation of what we are discussing today. You want to manage familiarity, then you have to learn to understand that oneness is not sameness. You want to manage familiarity in your marriage, you have to understand that. That my I am different from my wife, and my wife is different from me. And because we are different. We have to bring our difference together and see what we can achieve with our difference. How many of you, when you go to the office, you don't like how your boss does something in your company and then you want to change your boss? You don't do that. You still stay put there and you are managing the whole process. In your marriage, the same thing. In your marriage, you are building a building, like I told you last Saturday. You are building a building and then you think you can just change your, your partner who has brought in some wonderful things. You know, you know in, like I said, I'm going to be bringing some business things into this. Like, like in a business world, in a business setting where you have, uh, you, have uh, 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 you want to start a business, maybe a startup and you're looking for partners and then you start talking about uh, equity sharing, all right? So you, you guys have a meeting and then the, guy, the other guy is asking, what are you bringing into the marriage or rather into the partnership? The other person is asking, what are you bringing to the partnership? And you guys now come to an agreement what, what two of you are bringing. All right. While you are doing that discussion, you might be bringing things different. You might be bringing different things, but then it doesn't mean that, or rather, maybe during the course of bringing different things, I brought something that looks like yours. It doesn't mean that we are the same. In that, to appreciate that partnership, we have to understand that we are not the same. 
I'm coming with a perspective. He is coming with a perspective, and we're going to run this thing. So, so that is intuitive and sensing. So, so the, the third one is thinkers and feelers. There are people who are thinkers, and there are people who are feelers. And if you are married to a thinker and you're a feeler, or you're married to a feeler and you're a thinker, you need to hear what I'm about to share with you. You need to hear that. A thinker, a, a thinker and a feeler is simply, simply involved, in this case, now we're talking about decision making. Maybe there's a decision to make in the family and it's just becoming very obvious that we are opposites. The way you make your decisions is not the way I like it. Alright? The way she makes her decision is not the way I like it. Okay, now let's look at this very, very, very critically. Decision make thinkers make decisions based on clear logic. If I'm a thinker, I want to make my decision based on clear logic. I make my decisions, you know, in a calculated approach. I want to do my calculation. I want to know where my risk, and then I take my decision. That's a thinker for you. So sometimes people are not, they don't, they don't remember they are married. They think they are still single and then they have a wife and the next thing they go through this process and they take a decision. That's why you see some wives. So after you've decided, you have, you are not coming back to come and tell me what you decided. You are telling me. Now, you know, some men, how they present it is that they give it to the wife. They don't, they, they inform the wife. They don't discuss it. They just inform the wife. Why? Because the person is sensing that my wife is a filler. Of course, he may not know the word filler, but then he sees that the wife is an opposite of me. But being a filler is also not wrong. And being a thinker is also not wrong. It is not wrong. It is bringing these two persons onto a common ground, understanding what you should do if you're a thinker, how to carry a filler along, or if you're a filler, how to carry a thinker along. That will help you manage familiarity in your relationship. It will help you not to abuse the person you now know too well. It will help you. Okay, so 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 you know you know a thinker when he takes his he just he makes his his uh, his uh, decision and then he he start thinking about he you know why why he's talking with you he's talking about productivity profitability he's talking about effectiveness he's talking about the achievement of his goals he's just there just doling it out to you he's not he you understand very well that you're not you're not being carried along in this in this relationship. Or oh, want to buy a house, want to buy a car, want to do something, and then the guy is just fast, doling out what he wants to do. And then you are a filler. And you are thinking about how would this impact me? How will it impact our family? How will it impact what we are doing? Or maybe your husband wants to do something that you know you're asking yourself, how would this affect people? A filler is always people-centered ruled by emotions and i said it again and i want to say it it is not wrong to have a filler as a wife or a husband what you need to do is to manage this whole process remember we are talking about dealing with familiarity and i said earlier familiarity is not in any way wrong familiarity is not a negative word that i know you too well doesn't mean it's a negative word i know you too well is not a bad thing it is just managing knowing you too well that should matter to me. How do I manage it so I don't abuse it? I don't take it for granted. I don't breed contempt. These are the things you have to be asking yourself. Alright? And these are the things once you put them in, in place, it will help you to, to build a, a formidable marriage. The last one on this is structure and unstructured. You, you know, you, you see it a lot. You know, I, I, am, I am unstructured. Sorry to say that. You know, but that's the truth. <laughs> Yeah. My, my wife put things in place. I don't put things in place. Yeah. This how many years now? And sometimes I pity her. And sometimes I just call her and say, PA, PA, please come. Just come. I'm looking for something. Do you know where I kept it? Imagine that. You brought something and you kept it somewhere. And then you are now wondering. You're asking your wife to come and help you find it. Why? Because she, she keeps it in a very proper place. And you are like, okay, maybe somehow she saw it, she will keep it. Majority of the time, 98% of the time, she helps me find it. That's the funny thing. So, you married a structured person, but you are an unstructured person. A structured person is organized. An unstructured person is not organized. They, he just takes things just as they come. A structured person takes plans out his life. You know, sits down on deadlines, these are the people you see about, you hear about deadline and all the rest of them. 
I know a couple of things I've said I will do, and I keep saying I will do them, and my wife is like, when will you do them? You have to do them now. And I'll tell her I'll do it later. And I, in different occasions, I've missed opportunities because I just didn't put a deadline to it. Now, in a marriage setting, when you're married to a structured person or a structured person, it's about understanding how to manage the two processes or the two people. Manage yourselves. Manage yourselves. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bragging about this, but it's something I'm working to see how to change. I grew up in a family where, where I was like a king because my, my parents didn't have, uh, they stayed there were like up to three girls before they had me. So, so you know, when I, they gave birth to me, my, I was celebrated like, you know, I don't know any king that was celebrated the way I was, but I was, you know, funny enough. And I wasn't involved in family chores, not at all. You're just always making up bed, doing this, doing that. You know, so growing up, I can just come to my bed, to my room, go to my bed. If you like, if, if the bed likes, let it be, let it be on a parallel or standing up. Once I want to sleep, I'll just jump on it and just and sleep and sleep. Now, but I got married to my wife, and somebody's telling me to make my bed. And I'm wondering, why should I make my bed? It's not just to lie down and then sleep. I'm not, I'm not joking with you, I'm telling you the truth. You know, just lie down on the bed and sleep. Why should I make my bed? It's not the same, okay, and I, one day I asked her, you know, it will sound very foolish, but then enjoy it. I asked her, I said, if I make this bed and lie down on it, before, before I wake up, the bed will be made. So why am I bothering myself? You know, but this is coming from a place where I don't, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Then I have a wife who believes that you, I can't sleep on a bed that is unmade. So initially she has to start making the bed. I'm not perfected in it, so I can tell you the truth. And when I make my bed, you will know that I made bed. <laughs> you know, so so the, the truth is that she's coming from this place. I am coming from this place. She has been able to manage this process. Another woman will, will make quarrel out of it. Or my out of it. Why are you making my bed? Anytime I want to sleep, say make bed, make bed. Just simply go to your bed and sleep. What is all this? You know, you know, so so when you have a structured person and you have an unstructured person, it's good for you guys to come to a place where you understand each other. Now, now I understand from my experience with her that marrying an unstructured person is not an easy thing. Because there are some people who are extremely unstructured. Extremely unstructured virtually in everything they do extremely unstructured not an easy thing for a woman or a man who is structured so these are the things that causes uh mismanagement of, of familiarity familiarity is not a negative word it's a very powerful word it's a very positive word if i know my wife and i know her intimately it is an advantage for me like i said it's just the abuse of it you not, not managing the whole thing that is a problem so the, my wife has seen me that, okay, I'm an unstructured person. Oh, I used to think the one we were dating that the way this guy was talking, he was talking like he's a very cool guy. He's a very, you know, organized guy. He was, you know, because in dating, we, we hide our colors. Yeah, nobody goes to dating and starts saying every wrong thing about him or her. One day I'm going to do a program for singles and I'll give you questions if you ask during your courtship. Questions if you ask during your courtship, at least... Those questions, you should ask them at least five times before you get married to the same guy. And in those five times, you rephrase them. It will help you to get answers. And if you get consistent answers, you will know that this guy is genuine. Of course, to the guys also, you, are, you, know, you also learn to ask that kind of questions. Because it will help you to actually know. Because in courtship, people show the best of them. Everybody show the best of them in courtship. That is why... The, the, fully, the selfish question people ask is, uh, is it the right person for me? Is it the right person for me? So I've, I've, I've corrected that impression for you. I said, see, am I the right person for him? Not is he the right person. If he's the right person and I'm the wrong person, how does that help us? Am I the right person? If I'm the right person, then I want to know who this guy is. I know how right I am for him. All right, so get these things and get it very, very clear. Very, very clear. When you eventually get married, you will see that there are a lot of imperfections. There are a lot of things that they are not the way they seem 
to be when courtship was was going on so and it's time to actually to start doing things doing things right now a situation whereby that both of you are married and then you've stayed like five years six years seven years and you can find out that pressures have really crippled your love for the man i'm talking to men right now you have pressures that have taken over your your heart your pressures have taken over your time pressures of uh, of financial pressures what kind of pressures or whatever work pressure whatever pressure that has taken your time and all that i tell people in managing familiarity now you 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 just have to you get to a point where you are not thinking my wife should understand me she should understand me what i'm doing all these things for her of course you are doing it for yourself that's the truth just be sincere with yourself men most of the time what you are doing or rolling is actually to achieve your dreams yeah your wife takes part of the share but then you are actually running away from poverty you're running away to become the best you want to be you want to be the best guy you want to be the right guy you want to be the rich guy you know yeah your wife is in the picture but then it's for you so you you are like she has to understand me she has to know that i'm doing this for them she has to do that and all that but then there are four things i'm going to show you or five things and i'll end you with that that will help you to manage this whole process so that your your familiarity level will be deeper and deeper and deeper not to be cut short Number one of them is to start observing dates. Most married people don't observe dates. Singles do. They don't observe dates. They just believe that it's for those people who are still trying, who are still newbies. I want to encourage you to observe dates. Once a week, once a month, once in two weeks, observe dates. That thing that, that, that brought you to where you are, you can use this to sustain where you are now. Dates brought you to that. In dating, you had all the time to do all the discussions and all the time to have all the phone. In, in, in now that you're married, you have to start looking at that. So you have to set aside a particular day of the week, a particular day of the month, that you can have your dates. And during that day, on that day, you have to know how to spark your fires again. It will help you to deepen your familiarity. You know, when children start coming, a lot of married people don't know how to separate these two things. Especially the women. They don't know. Now, the, 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 the pressure of childbirth, the pressure of, uh, of rearing a child is, is a very, is an undeniable one. So the, the process of, of bringing your husband into the picture becomes a problem. So your child is everything. Your child is everything. Your, your, your baby, your, your baby girl or baby boy is everything. All the attention is focused on him. You don't even cook again. You believe he's gonna understand. You don't nothing is happening again. You believe he's going to understand. Alright? Now the point is this: you have to sit down and carefully manage that process because you can break something that you might not be able to put together again after doing that. You can, you can put a crack on a wall. Now, I'm not saying the man will go out, no. I'm talking about you can put a crack on the wall. Even when you finish winning your child, your son, your baby, you might get to a process where you will see that there's, there's a detach, a detach between the both of you. Between the both of you. Alright, so it is something you have to carefully work on. The second thing you have to look at is to find a common form. Find a common form. I do exercise with my wife almost on a daily basis. I do that and not just that we, we, are, we are keeping fit. You can't see two people who are, before you see two people who are doing exercise and they are quarreling on the road, just know that there's a height of whatever. <laughs> That's happened between two of them. It is actually very deep. All right. So, having a common phone can help to keep and maintain and manage familiarity. Having a common phone can do that. You know, your ability to 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 take your wife for a phone, and maybe it's an everyday phone. Like I said, exercise, maybe running, jogging, walking every morning, and all that. It it helps a lot. It helps a lot. And I've, and let me say something here. Those of you who who married a very young lad and she was skinny pretty and all the rest of them and suddenly she gave birth to first second and now she's so fat very fat very fat and you are like wow i never knew you can be this fat 
She is fat and nothing can happen. What is your job as a man when she's done with her child? Three months, four months, five months down to the line, down the line, you pay the sacrifice. The sacrifice is you take her to work and encourage her to go through the process. Not to, not to pressure her or push her into it. No. You are managing her now. You've known her. You've known that why she drew this fat is simply because of what she's coming from. To manage that process, you have to get involved. It doesn't say every morning you are telling her, you see how fat you have become. Just two children, you are this fat. Look at your friend. She has four and she's not the fat fat. No, no, no. My friend, just take your wife for a walk. Encourage her work. Encourage her dieting. I was speaking with my wife the other day. I told her, let's see, every person you know in this life needs encouragement. Everybody in life needs encouragement. Jesus needed that. By the time he was going to the cross, he needed to be encouraged. The Bible says the angels came to minister to him. Everybody needs encouragement. Don't think your wife is an exception or your husband is an exception. Learn how to encourage them to go through that process. Now, you've known everything. You've seen how she has moved from this point to that point. It is time to encourage her. It is time to get her on her feet. It is time to speak her into doing what she ought to do. Not to, not to charge her with harshness. Remember I told you about having, using the privilege of words. You can use words as a privilege to get somebody to do what you expect the person to do. So I encourage everyone outside there, when, when, when you see that, that things are going out of hand, it's not what you expected, learn how to carry your wife along. Learn how to carry her along. Learn how to show her what to do. Learn how to show her. I'm my wife's personal coach. Sometimes I take her out and I put her under what she never knew she could do. Yesterday morning, was it yesterday morning? She used to plank for like 30 minutes, 30 seconds rather. She would plank like max, max, sometimes 20 seconds. So yesterday, I told her we were going to plank, and I put on the stopwatch on one minute, and I hit the stopwatch. So I didn't show her the stopwatch, and she started planking. And she planked for one minute. And she didn't even know she planked for one minute. All, all she was hearing from me was 10 seconds more. And after she was, she was, she was done, I asked her, you plank for one minute. You encourage her. Let her let her just know that you you also enjoying this, and then let her not see that you are trying to get her to lose weight. Okay, I think I will stress this. The third one is a periodic break of relaxation. You know, you, vacation can get involved, can get into place where you are you are you are trying to spark back your your fire in the relationship. Okay, very important people, very important because you see couples they can stay for years, they can stay for day months, they can stay for for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, for a couple of times, they've not had time to go for, for a vacation. Now, vacation doesn't necessarily mean Dubai or mean uh, Bahamas. There are vacations you can do in a hotel room in Lagos or wherever you find yourself in Abuja. You can do in a hotel room and stay there and relax. Okay? The, the fourth one is a mutual commitment to make your sexual relationship everything it is. So to manage familiarity, because this is another thing, another wonderful topic we might have to discuss one of these days on sexual relationship. When people abuse their familiarity, they when they begin to mismanage it, one of the things it hits hard is their sexual relationship. It hits hard their sexual relationship. So it's very important you learn how to manage that, make commitments that everything about your sexual relationship should be everything it should be. It should be a mutual commitment. It's not something for one man. And let me tell you, if you're a lady here listening to me, let me tell you something, that sex is not just what is made for the man, like they told you. That is men that is that needs it, not women. The whoever told you that is lying to you. Sex is needed by both of you, the man and the woman. Because if you go and find out what sex does to your physical body, you will see that it, the, the, when, you, when you get involved in it, Sex does not know the man. What the chemicals of sex does to your physical body, I mean, the, the advantages, you'll understand why you should get involved in it. Get involved in it and don't start, stop thinking that it's the man thing. 
So, so they, they, they teach you a lot of things outside there, and you are thinking now you are the one giving and you are not the one taking. Both of you should be able to give to each other and take from each other. It is the design of God. That is the purpose of God, and you have to enjoy it. So you have to make a commitment on that. And you have to make a commitment that no matter what happens, you should not allow it to hit your sexual relationships. Because that's actually what cements familiarity. It's what helps familiarity to go deep. To go deep and deep. All right? The last one is making the familiar unfamiliar. What does that mean? A lot of people, what is familiar with them is, is disrespect in marriage. What is familiar with them is dishonor. What is familiar with them is fights. What is familiar with them is lack of understanding. Can you make that unfamiliar? You can. How you can make it unfamiliar is that those things that are not, unf- that are not familiar with you, those things that, that should be there, like respect, honor, like love, that are unfamiliar because these other ones are familiar. You can turn all those things around and make those ones familiar. In your marriage, you should be able to make things, make love familiar. In your marriage, you should be able to make respect familiar. In your marriage, you should be able to make trust familiar. You should be able to make things familiar. Things that should be familiar in your marriage, giving. All right? It should be very much familiar in your marriage. You shouldn't be abused. And I, and I end with this. Whatever thing you are doing, any kind of misunderstanding you have, or whatever thing, I want you to protect the sanctity of your marriage. I want you to learn how to protect the sanctity of your marriage. You have to learn how to do that. Very important. Very important. Your marriage is bigger than you. Just like a company you built is bigger than you. It should be a life institution. So you should learn how to manage and build that institution that when you die, if that institution can be passed to another generation. Marriage is also, when you build a good marriage, it's handed over to your next generation, which hands over to another generation. If you have a bad marriage, you still hand it over to another generation. The, the, the difference now is that your children are going to take take on whatever thing they saw, except they change what they saw with you. So I encourage every man outside there, in managing familiarity, number one, I said again, I want to just summarize and tell you, familiarity is not a negative word. Familiarity is a good word. Familiarity is knowing your partner very, in, in a very deep way, intimately, all right? Then I told you about managing the whole process. Managing whether she's an introvert or extrovert, it is, there's nothing wrong with both of you. A thinker or a feeler, there's nothing wrong with both of you. Structured or unstructured, there's nothing wrong with both of you. Intuitive or sensing, there's nothing wrong with both of you. It's all about managing the both of you. The same way you should manage a company, a staff, an employee, or an employer. You know, at this time, your wife is not just one of those people. Your wife is deeply with you. You manage the whole process. It's not time to start fighting over indifferences. And I said last, and I said something again, which I will now say the last here, is that marrying, to marriage, God talking about marriage to be one, does not necessarily mean sameness. It's all about unity, but you are not the same. So appreciate your diversity. 